A contract dispute spills over to Twitter as Jim Ursay and the Indianapolis Colts give us some off-season drama. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Zach Hicks, the resident film junkie of HorseshoeHuddle.com, and joining me today is Horseshoe Huddle's boots on the ground, the swami of SEO, and the purveyor of dad jokes in Jake Arthur. We have okay. okay. Yeah. Look at look at that. I, I think about this stuff. You know, I think about my intros for you here. That Jake. works. Okay. We do it. <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, obviously the topic of today's conversation is really going to be everything that has happened in the last 24 hours with the Jonathan Taylor, the Jim Ursay stuff, the I think it's Malki Kawa, the agent that represents uh, Jonathan Taylor. It's been some crazy 24 hours with that. Uh, we're going to knock all that out. And also Jake talked to a couple assistant coaches today with uh, media availability. So we will go over a little bit of that as well. But before we jump into this whole Jim Ursay versus an agent conversation, uh, we do have some some news and notes here. The Colts did announce that they signed cornerback Chris Layman's, uh, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, to a one-year deal. Uh, Layman's has primarily been a special team corner his entire career, and uh, currently he's being uh, investigated or being charged with battery alongside uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. So you know, high character guy bringing in here. Uh, <laughs> along with that, the Colts also hosted quarterback Reed Sinnott for a workout. Uh, Sinnott worked or was with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021 under Shane Steichen, spent some time with the Miami Dolphins as well, and recently played in the XFL before breaking his foot and missing the entire XFL season. So uh, we'll see if he can be a nice, nice little, uh, you know, camp arm for the Colts if he ends up uh, being a signing here. But let's get to the topic of today's show. Jim Ursay took to Twitter last night, which typically is a scary thing to hear. If you're a Colts fan, Jim Ursay is taking to Twitter because we we love Jim. Jim is is our favorite, uh, you know, crazy billionaire here. But, uh, you know, sometimes he goes on Twitter and just kind of says what's on his mind. It doesn't really think about the repercussions of it. Uh, so, yeah, Jim Ursay last night tweeted NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Now, knowing what we know about Jim Ursay, this was probably a response to what Najee Harris said of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers saying that they want to renegotiate the CBA for running backs. Uh, but obviously, Jonathan Taylor's agent did not uh, find that too amusing because he tweeted a response saying bad faith is not paying your top offensive player. Uh, and there was also another thing today where uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent, uh, I believe, again, I believe his name is Malki Kawa, uh, a first round management. Uh, he did have another quote tweet that I'm kind of paraphrasing here saying like, you know, the we don't he doubts that this can be fixed this working relationship between the two sides so jake um yikes <laughs> that's yeah. all i can really say here with this i mean oh my gosh man like again we've been trying not to speculate on this because 
We don't want to accuse Jonathan Taylor's side of doing anything. We don't want to accuse the Colts of doing anything without actually knowing. We don't want to speak ill of someone's character without knowing or anything like that. But they're publicly airing out this dirty laundry all over uh, Twitter for all of us to see. And it's like, come on, guys, let's let's be professional here. And let's be again. I don't think Jim Mercer was throwing a shot at at uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent with his first tweet. But like, you got to think a little bit there, Jimmy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just think a little bit before you tweet that, you know? Yeah, the last line about selling bad faith leaves an open door for any agent to come out and defend themselves or whatever. Because that's something you you say that about agents in general, and it's an open door for any of them to get offended about it, rightfully so. Um, It's just it. No one is doing this right. Like, and that's not even really for me to say, but I'm pretty sure a war of words between the owner and an agent of a superstar player is not supposed to transpire on Twitter. Um, it's this situation is just ugly. If we weren't a family show, I would probably find other words to describe it. But um, at the beginning of camp, I wouldn't have thought that this was going downhill fast. But like looking at it right now, I mean, Monkey Kawa is probably right. Like. I almost doubt this relationship can get fixed, especially with him now being a mouthpiece for Taylor. The normally very reserved and not going to ruffle many feathers, Taylor, his agent is now really piping in at a, at a high level. Um, he, I mean, he is Taylor's representation. So whether Taylor likes it or not, everything that's coming out of Kawa's mouth or off his fingers for Twitter, that, you know, that is reflective of Taylor's stance. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, we're not trying to absolve Jim Irsay here no, by saying, like, Jim it did shouldn't have got wrong. to this. It shouldn't have got to this. Right. Point. Right. And again, I don't think Jim was throwing a shot at Kawa with his initial tweet, but it, you got to, again, read the room a little bit here, Jim. Uh, that's what one of our comments said here. And I completely agree. You got to read the room just a little bit here. But I think the agent is just taking this to a place that it just did not need to go. Uh, especially with uh, talking about the relationship being irreparable, irreparable basically on Twitter. Uh, and then if you look at his likes on Twitter, which are very public, everyone can see them. Every single comment that's like, oh, Miami should trade for him or the Colts should trade him away or if the Colts aren't going to pay him, don't have him anymore. And he's like liking all these things. It's like, come on, man. Like, let's let's have a level of professionalism here. Like, let's look out for your player. Let's not try to make it all about you. Um, I, I've talked with a lot of agents over the years. I'm really close with a lot of agents, a lot of good friends that are agents uh, with some of the top agencies in football. And something I've noticed with all the best agents are the age, the best agents out there are the ones where you don't know their name. You know, the ones where if a player gets signed, you get, you hear, Oh, Wasserman signed this guy or, Oh, priority sports signed this guy. or got this guy, a big deal. Uh, the ones where you see per their agent, this, or the agent says, this is typically the guys who are not really in the best interest of their players are typically in their own best interest. And, uh, you know, I, again, I don't want to take too many shots at people's character here because the stressful situation and, and obviously both these sides are doing a lot of things wrong here, but like, let's get this off Twitter. Like, let's just get this off Twitter. It's really not worth it. Uh, like you're neither sides coming out looking great here. Uh, at least Ursa didn't respond more and make it even worse. Yeah. But like, yeah, Ursa gets a little heated and like if he I'm glad there's no microphone in front of him right now because it, it would it would definitely get worse if there were. Uh, but let's just get this off of Twitter and and stop negotiating through the press like this. It's mm-hmm. it's just a bad look, man. It's such a bad look. And I don't know what this agent's end goal is here with this, because 
when you're looking at an asset that's depreciating and in a really bad spot right now, making yourself more of an issue by making these bombastic, crazy, all about me statements all over Twitter. Like, how is that helping your, your client at all? Like say he does get, say he does get traded or whatever. Is that new team going to pay him a ton of money now? Like, right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't see a winner in any of this. And I don't really know why it's getting aired out all over Twitter. Yeah. And it kind of has a ripple effect. Like it's not like there are no other people involved in this. It's not just Ursay Taylor and the agent. Like uh, this agent also represents Shaquille Leonard. So like if he's getting in a, he's getting a real bad taste about JT in the relationship with the Colts, what's to say he's not going to want to work with the Colts in the future. Um, You know, JT is also a guy who like loves his teammates. Like, football players just as much as they do it for the love of the game or even some for money, they do it for the camaraderie and being with their teammates. This, this creates a problem where you create a toxic environment where the player it's rough for him to come back and, and be a player because the organization, the, the relationship is deteriorating, but the guy just wants to go back and play with his teammates. You know, that makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. The whole situation, it, this is just not how it's supposed to go. Yeah. I, I will say I, Again, with some of my agency friends and stuff like that over the years, I've been clued into a lot of contract negotiations. Um, and I've almost every contract negotiation I've heard when it comes to like a big time extension has always been pretty messy from both sides. <laughs> like it's been pretty messy. Uh, but there are a couple that I know of where the player eventually did get that contract extension where if you were not behind the scenes, like hearing about this stuff, you would not know that it was messy behind the scenes. And that's fine. Like that is perfect. That's how these things go. Like they are bloodbaths, these, these conversations, because teams want to save as much as they can. Players want to make as much as possible. Uh, and it ends up being a like, you know, this, this head to head pissing match basically. But when it starts going out there on Twitter and stuff like that, like you said, it just makes it harder for the player to come back in that locker room uh, because basically the agent in the agency is speaking for the player and, Nobody wants a player who's going to be all about them. And, and we're not even saying that is Jonathan Taylor. It's just what it looks like now. So uh, I think I think we've talked enough about this uh, for today. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about in the coming days because it's the biggest story with the Colts right now. Uh, but coming up, we're going to talk about the assistant coaches that Jake talked to today. Uh, but first, this show is sponsored by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for the draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway in the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When the top-tier quarterback is off the board in fantasy football drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers and runners that were guaranteed to fit your starting lineups every week. Every week, One of them is Bears' Justin Fields, who started rolling out of the garage last season and is, is bound to jump into the fast lane this season. This time, on top of the huge rushing total, Fields can deliver improved stats in the air with DJ Moore now leading Chicago's wide receiver core. I know last year, guys, I won a fantasy football championship because I had Justin Fields late in the draft, and whew, that ended up being a huge, huge boost for my team. And uh, if you can get him you know, outside of the first couple rounds, that could just be QB1 when it comes to fantasy football. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship, and eBay Motors knows championship team is about each player being a perfect fit same with your vehicle 
With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride always is running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car. Because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now, you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotor.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And every day, we're going to be back again, live streaming every week, every day, every week. Uh, for Colts training camp, uh, not not on the weekends actually. We'll do a little bit on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, we will be here live streaming between four and four thirty, talking Colts training camp. And tomorrow, with the Colts practicing, we're going to open up to questions at the end of the show. So make sure you guys are there for that live stream. All right, Jake. So while I get a drink of water, you talked to some of the assistant coaches today. Uh, what were some notable things that you guys talked about, and who did you really uh, talk with when it uh, when it comes to these assistant coaches today? Yeah, so we we got to talk to all three coordinators, which is good. Um, even Brian Mason, you know, you don't always talk to the special teams coach, but we're trying to work him in. We're trying to get him used to dealing with uh, media and the pros. He's getting there. Uh, but no, we, we talked to several of the other assistants, Tony Sperano Jr., uh, Reggie Wayne, Cam Turner, Ron Miles, you know, so, okay. some of the big ones. Um, so obviously, Anthony Richardson is a very common topic of conversation. Um, so just speaking with uh, Jim Bob Cooter and Cam Turner, just kind of seeing, you know, what they felt about Richardson's first practice, uh, the work he put in over the offseason, um, what he got out of being with his teammates and, and doing their own individual work and what that looks like to coaches. Uh, all just really positive things. They're still trying to, you know, get the offense installed and install the basics right now. So they're not implementing like specific wrinkles for individual guys. Cause I asked Turner about that, you know, like you have a veteran like Minshew who historically takes what the defense gives him, but can be a little aggressive. And then Richardson, who you're probably going to do more running and, and things like that They're right now they're just trying to install the base offense for everybody. Cause obviously the playbook shrinks immensely when you get to a rookie versus a guy who's been in the league four or five years, whatever. Um, but they're just trying to install the basics before they get into specific wrinkles for him. Um, but overall, they were pretty pleased with how he's been. You know, he's been blowing up their phones, calling and texting his offensive coaches anytime he's got a question, you know, away from the building and everything. So they really like it. Um, you know, Cam, Cam Turner was like, I, I really love when they do that because it means that, you know, he's in he's in the book. He really wants to know what he's doing. So, yeah, uh, really positive things about that. I asked a question on your behalf that you wanted um, about, you know, how I framed it to, to Jim Bob Cooter was when you don't have like a superstar receiver that can do everything, what does it bring to the room when you've got a group that has a diversity of skill sets, you know? Yep. Um, and, and he really, he really elaborated on that. he talked yep. about, um, you know, you like to employ different looks. You don't want to have like two or three small guys out there. He, he basically likened it to basketball lineups, you know, when yep. you go small and you do stuff like that. Uh, you don't want to make yourself one dimensional. You want to be able to keep defenses guessing, you know, like you have a huge Mike Strawn type and then Alec Pierce, but then maybe you have 
uh, Ashton Doolin, who can do a little bit of everything. And then Josh Downs, who's just quick and tiny. Like you want to be able to toss everything at defenses. So he really talked about that. Uh, he said their tight ends are very similar in that way as well. Cause they do have a lot of big guys, but like Kylan Granson, for example, is kind of undersized for the, the tight end position. Uh, so they really view all their pass catchers like that. Uh, they want to just be able to surprise defenses and keep them guessing at all times. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big reason why I wanted you to ask that question or a similar question to that is because, you know, when we've seen with the Colts the last couple of seasons, especially on offense and at wide receiver, is Chris Ballard loves the big wide receiver. Yeah. You know, they they love the big wide receiver. He loves the six foot four guy who can jump 40 inches and win vertically down the field. But now we're actually seeing this roster kind of being filled out with a lot of different skill sets at wide receiver. You know, Alec Pierce, the vertical jump ball guy, Michael Pittman Jr., more of your underneath over the middle type guy, Josh Downs, your pure separator, Isaiah McKenzie, a speedy guy who can also separate, Ashton Doolin can kind of do it all. You know, so it's like a very, very mixed bag of wide receivers. And I'm not saying any of them are superstars, like like you mentioned, like you don't have that do-it-all superstar, uh, but you have a lot of really good role players. So when it comes to being a guy like like Jim Bob Cooter, who has been a play caller before, who's been heavily involved in play calling in his career, I was really curious on how all of that can come together, you know, and and how all those different skill sets can be worked to your advantage as a play caller. Uh, so I'm glad that he was able to elaborate on that and bring up the tight end group, too, because I didn't even think about that. But, you know, you have Jelani Woods, who's this massive, massive tight end who can also run. But then you have Kylan Granson who can separate. Then you have a bunch of blockers who can be used in the run game. So, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting thing that I wanted to get his uh, his opinion on there. And I'm glad he wanted to detail with that. Yeah, this group of Colts assistant coaches from coordinators and assistants across the board, a lot of them will talk your ear off. And it's great. And which kind of leads me into the next guy, Tony Sperano Jr. He's quickly becoming one of my, my favorite Colts people at all to talk to. Uh, we, we bent his ear the entire time, uh, availability was out there. Uh, but I was, I was asking him, you know, a bit about the offensive line and, you know, there was really no turnover. This is something you and I have talked about. Mm-hmm. The first half of last year was rough. They, they found the right five, but they didn't really bolster that group with a bunch of depth and stuff like that. Like it's still a pretty risky group. And I, I asked, you know, what gives you confidence that this is the right starting five? Um, and he said, you know, he's just basically ripping last year out and throwing it away because he wasn't here. All he knows is the guys he's got right now. Uh, you know, they're putting the right work in. He's he's seen, you know, it, the group he has in front of him looks like a good starting five to him, basically. Um, so he can't really speak to what went on last year. And I asked, you know, between your veterans and there, Quentin, Ryan Kelly, what have they done to kind of take ownership moving forward and like get things corrected? And he could not have spoken higher about the work that Quentin, Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith have done as the veterans, like totally owning the offensive line room, taking everybody under their wings and like ensuring that they are going to be a cohesive quality unit. Um, So yeah, they're at least saying all the right things. I mean, last year was a disaster to start out with. They know it. And I mean, they, there's they got a real good thing going on between coach and players right now. These guys are really feeding off each other and they want to correct the issues that last year brought. So, yeah. Well, I do kind of like um, with this coaching staff, I know a lot of people were not, not like criticizing it, but people were questioning, you know, you're going so young with this coaching staff, you know, that could blow up in your face. But also 
it could work out well for you well for you because you get so many energetic voices in the room that are just eager to learn and learn on the job now it might not be pretty the first eight nine ten weeks because they are so young and they're all adapting to their new roles and adapting to uh these these kind of more responsibility for themselves uh but you have so much young energetic smart football minds in one room that it's bound to to do some good things for you if it can all come together so uh we're going to keep this conversation going talking about assistant coaches on the defense side of the ball after after this second here all right, Jake. So that was a clumsy little fumble by me. And, and you know, <laughs> hopefully there's more clumsy fumbles by opposing offense this year with this defense, Ooh. hopefully getting more turnovers. So while I get a drink of water and I relax a little bit, Jake, what did you hear from the coach, <laughs> from the defensive coaches uh, today when you talked to them? Yeah. So Gus was asked a, a good bit about, you know, Shaquille Leonard returning, what that does for the defense and everything. Um, you know, generically, of course, like he brings high energy guys feed off that his, his ability to make plays is unmatched, like the, all things we've talked about. Um, but really, they I, I ask specifically because, again, this is something you and I have talked about. Like, this is kind of his first year going into it in Gus's system. So right. he got to play a few games last year, but he's still really learning himself. So I said, I asked him, you know, what impact does that have that he's here from day one of practice now? And he's like, you know, on the field, he's getting that work in now, but the guy was studying nonstop while he was out last year. Like, as much as he could absorb the system and everything and even be able to teach it to some guys uh, last year, he was doing all that. So, you know, Leonard was being a, a film junkie and studying and doing all this stuff. And Bradley really touched on the relationship that Leonard has with linebackers coach Richard Smith. Oh, and, you know, th those two are side by side in constant communication. Uh, so hopefully Leonard is not as far back as the other. I mean, just not being able to play full season, of course. But I don't know that he's going to be that far behind when it comes to getting on the field and matching what he can do on the field in the system with what he's seen already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, yeah. obviously last year when he was getting on the field in games, it was pretty clunky. Yeah, um, he, he just so, wasn't healthy at all, man. Like no. you could you could just tell like he could barely move on the like the Tennessee Titans game. Mm -hmm. Uh he was running in quicksand that entire game. But it's big that yeah. he has that relationship with a guy like Richard Smith, who, you know, again, linebackers coach here, but a lot of people don't realize he's been in the NFL for I think almost 30 years at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been a defensive coordinator multiple times in here. He's been with Gus Bradley for years. Like Richard Smith uh, is one of the better, better minds you're gonna have at linebacker coach. Uh, in the NFL. So it's great that he has that relationship with him there. I did want to shift over here to a guy that we talked about a little bit yesterday because you were saying how Chris Ballard was raving about him. And then I read the transcript today for an article I was writing and I was like, oh, he was like really raving about this player. But mm. Dallas Flowers, man, Dallas Flowers, like Chris Ballard seems really, really high on him. Did you get to talk to Gus Bradley and Ron Milas about Dallas Flowers today? Yeah, I think uh, Milas had probably already talked to him by the time I got there, but we did talk to Gus about him. Uh, and he basically, I'll, I'll put this kind of in the same vein as Nick Cross too, because these guys both had similar things said about them today. Uh, basically, you know, Flowers is, is long and athletic and fast, and they love all those physical things about him. Uh, but if you're going to play defense for Ron Milas in that secondary, he has to trust you, no doubt. Like he yeah. won't put a defensive back out there that he doesn't trust. And by the end of the season, when Flowers started getting some playing time and everything, 
he really started to get the big stamp of approval from the coaching staff. And, you know, he has Ron Miles' stamp of approval now, Gus Bradley. They're not going to put him out there basically as the number one outside corner without that. Uh, And that is what he's doing. I mean, I don't think they're just going to inject Juju Brintz as the top outside guy right away. I mean, he hasn't practiced all spring. So right now they are entrusting Dallas Flowers to be the top outside corner. Um, And, you know, that's they they really like him. All the all the physical stuff is why they drafted him. And he was really good at special teams. Uh, But I think they're very, very enticed about what he can be as a as a corner. Yeah, were there any other defensive backs that they particularly singled out today? I know you just said Nick Lots Cross and Dallas Flowers, but who were some mm-hmm. other guys they kind of talked about today? Yeah, so to finish off with Nick Cross, you know, they and they kind of Gus kind of shined a light on maybe some of the issues last year, just being consistent and you know maturing from being a, a young guy, basically like yeah. giving it your full attention and effort at all times. That includes walkthroughs, practice, all of it. And now Nick Cross is kind of turned that corner he's giving it his all all the time and they said he did really really well i think gus said during otas is when he was really starting to do really really well this offseason okay Uh, so nick cross dallas flowers a couple young guys to keep an eye on uh daryl baker jr milas i just call it kind of the tail end of that but he said you know he didn't know who baker was really uh, when they first became acquainted and baker joined (laughs) on but uh he's kind of endeared himself to him pretty quickly and he kind of came out of nowhere, but they, they like him a lot. Um, Julian Blackman, they said, you know, the transition from free safety to nickel and all that last year has really allowed him to, to move over to strong safety right now. Uh, and Gus himself compared it to a cam chancellor type role. They, they want that strong safety around the ball a lot. And Blackman, from what I've seen in practice, and we've seen him do this as a rookie and last year, the guy can create turnovers. Like, he is talented when the ball is near him. Uh, yeah. So I think they see big things for him, honestly. And that's pretty intriguing because Blackman had a hell of a, a summer last year. It didn't – unfortunately, didn't pan out to a big year, but I think there's reason to expect it this year. Yeah, I mean, Rodney McLeod was – like I'm not going to say that he was this ball hawk at strong safety last year, but he made a lot of things happen yeah. at that strong safety position. Like we saw firsthand last year how important that position is for this defense because that was one of the Colts' top three or four defenders in the entire season was Rodney yeah. McLeod playing that role. So if Julian Blackman could just replicate what McLeod did last year, then we're calling that an absolute win of a season for Julian Blackman. But mm-hmm. uh, was there another corner or, or defensive back they mentioned today too? Yeah, last guy, and I asked Ron Miles about this specifically about Tony Brown. Like, how important is he to the defense? Because you take Kenny out of the equation, who else is out there playing nickel? And, you know, Miles mentioned, you know, Tony has followed me and Gus from the Chargers to the Raiders to here. Like, they really like Tony and his ability to, you know, teach the the defense to the younger guys as well, not just the defense, but like the the specific coverages and everything. Uh, and of course, the special teams ability is a nice cherry on top. So that kind of reaffirmed to me that they really, really like Tony and he's probably relatively safe. Uh, and last thing I, I, I asked, I've always wondered, you know, when Mike Mitchell, the assistant defensive backs coach, was here as a player with the Colts briefly, he had a huge impact on younger players. And so I asked Miles about that. And he said, that's one reason we really wanted to keep him around and, and have him on the staff. Okay. Uh, his ability to relate to the players 
is really you know unmatched because he's not far removed from being a player himself and he can just be really relatable and when they're in the defensive meeting rooms like sure sometimes Gus Bradley will want Ron Miles to answer something but a lot of time he'll want Mike Mitchell to sound off on something or Cato June because those guys and their ability to relay information and relate in general to those players is really really valuable so the, the Colts kind of have a, a young, probably cheaper coaching staff. You know, um, they're, they're not always throwing around those huge bucks at those those premier assistants and everything. But it's a really talented group that they really genuinely like what they have uh, in those meeting rooms. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, Mike Mitchell, phenomenal impact when he was here as a player, at least with getting the whole group to come together. And honestly, we could say just looking at the safety group last year that we could see some impact. Look at Rodney Thomas in his first year in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Phenomenal rookie season. Uh, and then I love that you mentioned Tony Brown there with, you know, with Isaiah Rogers uh, senior, definitely gone now. Yeah. Uh, Tony Brown is absolutely the fastest player on this team. Like it's not even close anymore now. <laughs> like yeah. Tony Brown of near Olympian in the, in the um, hundred meter dash. So really fun players to talk about there. Every day is me back tomorrow at 4:30, live streaming uh, after practice conversation. Jake with his boots on the ground are going to be is going to be joining us and, and just going over everything with the practice. And if you guys don't already follow us at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks Two, all on Twitter slash X. Also, subscribe to Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon.